This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sugar Shack Desserts is a specialty bakery located in... Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. and pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll have a split crew today. You know, Mike is out on assignment getting it done in Philadelphia. So, you know, he's probably snooping around there and seeing what they do over there at Cheney, HBCU, while he's taking care of business to see if they uh, find a way to tailgate. You know, he's going to tell them, even if they're not, he's going to be like, this is what you should be doing on your tailgate. <laughs> but with that being said, how you doing, Charles? I'm doing well, Doc. We're on the cusp of another exciting weekend of some great action around uh, the SWAC, the MIAC, the CIAA, and the SIAC. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's getting interesting, getting interesting. We got a big one. We talked about it on Tuesday, continuous week. The ladder started to flow, that big game. We got mid-major top 10 matchups in the CIAA. We got a top 10 matchup in the SIAC, and we got a top 10 matchup in the SWAC. Uh, in terms of this weekend, big games that we talked about on Tuesday. We might touch about a little bit of them, but we're going to go into the independent as we get it going. Uh, the thing is, I know you uh, got to sneak out of here for a flight, so we're going to make sure you do that maybe the second half of the show. And then we'll have, like, Joe Clay uh, jumping in here. We might even get Alan Williams uh, jumping in here at some point just to give some fluidity in terms of what's going on. That's the 1876 Sports and Culture Group, as we've got Deep pregame, sneaking out of here, but we're going to let Charles do what he got to do. With that being said, welcome to episode 196 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and the HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of what athletic programs, HBCU-wise, and the business of HBCU sports. I wouldn't tell you the behind-the-scenes story that I got from Charles in terms of his scheduling framework. He did tell me something <laughs> last night, so I tend to believe it, but it's wild. I'll let, let him know if he wants to share it or not. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavil, along with my co-host, Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. 
get into some news today. I'll let you kick it off, Charles, and then we'll see what else is going on there. Let me say before we do that, shout out to the lab listeners as they jumped in here and joined us. Really appreciate them doing what they always do, showing us love in terms of the lab. With that being said, Charles, what you think? Well, sure thing. Let's get into some news. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, they have announced their 2021 SWAC Hall of Fame class, which is set to be enshrined uh, Friday, December 17th. And Cynthia Cooper Dyke and Marcus Mann, they headline this class. Uh, We take a look at this class uh, coming in. uh, Alicia Causey Nelson, uh, the Alcorn State graduate, uh, all all, everything at Alcorn, uh, various achievements, 1,000 points, 600 rebounds, 300 assists, 200 steals. Uh, Bertram Lavelle, he, uh, Bertram Lavelle is the current uh, head track and field coach at uh, Grambling. Uh, he collected 36 conference titles uh, along with 36 Coach of the Year awards. Uh, we also look at Rob J., Robert Jewett. He was uh, Jackson, Mississippi legend, sports broadcaster. Uh, but when you take a look at it, he has uh, been executive producer of sports broadcasting for Jackson State and covering SWAC sports for the past 30 years. Marcus Mann, uh, he was uh, averaged 19.3 points, 12.7 rebounds during his time at Mississippi Valley. Uh, he helped the Delta Devils to a men's regular season uh, championship as well as a SWAC tournament champion. Uh, also, we uh, look at Cynthia Cooper Dyke. Uh, Cynthia Cooper Dyke, she joined the Caribbean AM women's basketball program in May of 2005, where she quickly uh, guided the Lady Panthers to their first regular season title and SWAC tournament title, as well as NC tournament uh, birth in 2006-2007, while collecting Coach of the Year honors, and she is currently uh, the coach at Texas Southern University. Of course, she has been inducted into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame in 2010, and the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2009. Uh, and when we closed out with Ernie Holmes, the legend from Texas Southern, uh, he uh, was a uh, legend, of course, at, at, at Texas Southern. Lake Holmes was inducted into Texas Southern Hall of Fame in 2006. Uh, of course, he played with six seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. Uh, he led them to uh, Super Bowl nine, and he led the team with sacks with 40. He was also selected to NFL as a second team all pro back in 1974. And Willie Ray, Willie Ray uh, also being inducted, he graduated from Alcorn in 1970, was part of championship teams, uh, as well as Black College National Championship team in 1969. He was a first-team all-swag punter, along with being named all-NAIA punter with the best punting average of 43.6 yards per punt. So those are your new uh, inductees into the SWAG Hall of Fame. Oh, and let me not forget, please let me not forget, Melvin P. Lee. Uh, the the uh, long-time, long-time offensive uh, line coach at Grambling, 37 years. He spent at Grambling from 1960 to 1997. He also uh, was an offensive coordinator for one of Eddie Robinson's teams, but Melvin Lee also going into the SWAC Hall of Fame as well. So those are the inductees into the 2021 uh, SWAC Hall of Fame. Good deal, good deal. Let me get some folks in there. And when you talk about SWAC Hall of Fame, let me first shout out to one of our listeners, Dr. Holmes, as I refer to him, Roderick Holmes and his father getting into the SWAC Hall of Fame, well-deserved, as you said. Cynthia Dykes, Cooper Dykes, or just Cooper now, I should say, um, Hall of Fame on so many different levels. She's getting it done. Um, and congratulations to her representing Prairie View as you now, as you said, where she got started getting it done in the SWAC. And kudos to all the SWAC Hall of Famers, well-deserved in so many different ways. 
Want to shout out Lana Shaw, Ricky Burton in the house. Eric Evans says, SIC in the house. Go. ASU Rams. Big matchup. All Benny is my All Benny. Make sure you say, oh, man, they got a big one. Ooh, top five matchup. Check us That's out dope. Tuesday. I know you were there. We'll give you some love. The Rams, Golden Rams. Wow, that should be big. Jimmy Wilson is in the house. Mary Alice says, good evening. Karen Griffin always showing up. Willie Alex Hines, big SIEC game. Who will rule the East? Savannah State goes to Albany State. Two teams with top defenses in the conference, no doubt about it. Eric Evans says, go ASU Rams. Savannah State, you are now on the clock. Oh, I like the SIEC mid-major. Ooh, all right. Willie Alex Hines said, big CIAA game here, Richmond, and I will try to attend the rule by the CIAA East. Bowie State will try to maintain the rule against Virginia Union, who will try to knock them off. Yeah, that's big talk. Grambling Band, I saw that will be in uh, Las Vegas for the – uh, football game there. Interesting World time. For that okay. Uh, but congratulations. Uh, hope, as long as they write that check, I'm good with it. Willie Alex Hine, we shall see. Troy Lamont back in the building. I missed Tuesday. We understand. We A&T surprising up Chuck the offense. Three red zone trips with no points. Hard to win a game when you do that. Turnovers as well. I like what he says, though. We'll be back. No doubt about it. Anybody getting live video interrupted broadcast on the pause. Uh, we'll check on it. Thanks for the update there, Lonnie. Check your system. That may be your system. Pretty much good on here. Well, Ricky says he's getting it there too. So we'll check on that to see what's going on there. Uh, in terms of that, Dr. Bill, I saw you at the media, uh, MIAC basketball media conference. I want to bring that up. Yeah, I got a chance to get into uh, MIAC had their basketball media of men's and women's. Uh, great dialogue there. I got a chance to ask some questions, listening to most of them, but I had my questions for Norfolk State and uh, Coach Mouton, uh, both men's and women's there. I asked them about the scheduling philosophy. Man, I love Norfolk State's schedule. A um, couple of HBCU classic games, so they will take a trip and face an HBCU almost in every different conference you have now. Obviously, wow. as they game against Hampton. It's a traditional rival they play, uh, whether they were in the conference or out the last couple of years. But then they have a game against Tennessee State hmm. on the ledger. Uh, they also will play uh, in the Classic where they play, I believe it's Grambling. So they have a team out of the SWAC. So they have a multitude of teams they will play outside of their uh, conference HBCU games. And I think that's interesting. Obviously, they got a chance to make a statement in regards to where they feel in terms of HBCU landscape, if they can get it done. Obviously, you have Texas Southern Prairie, if you would like to say something about that. You have A&T that's, uh, in the Big South um, that would like to have say about that. But it would be nice to see a couple of more of those crossovers. Tennessee State has a really good schedule where they take on uh, HBCU out of various conferences, Big South, uh, MEAC, as well as the SWAT, Alabama A&M, obviously told you about Norfolk State. So I'm fascinated to see what they are able to get done and Central has a game against Alabama State. So I like to see that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. In terms of what that looks like. So I wanted to kind of drop that out there and see what people thought about that. But let me go back to you and see your uh, continued HBC Sports News of the Day. A lot of good stuff out there that kind of dropped uh, between the last couple of days. We'll see what we can get in, get some thoughts on it, keep it moving. What yeah, well, let's, 
Let's take a look at the MEAC. They announced their 2021-2022 men's basketball preseason honors. Uh, let's take a look at those uh, players. Uh, preseason player of the year, Detorian Ware from Morgan State. We'll take a look at the first team preseason uh, players, uh, Ninda Tark from Coppin State, Miles Carter from Delaware State, and Malik Miller uh, from Morgan State, the aforementioned Detorian Ware from Morgan State, and Joe Bryant. Uh, round out the, the first team uh, uh, player, uh, preseason player, uh, player honors from Norfolk State. But we'll take a look at the second team players. It'll be Kyle Cartesy from Coppin State, Dontarius James from Howard, uh, Lagio Grunstein from Morgan State. Morgan State has a lot of guys on here. Uh, Jalen Hawkins from Norfolk State and Randy Miller from North Carolina Central. They round out the second team preseason. With that going on, let me also talk about um article with coach eddie george disappointed in the tennessee state football home crowds uh we're playing uh, in front of nobody as he was quoted as saying so it's fascinating to see what's going on in the tennessee state country we kind of talked about you know different perspectives but this team is playing some pretty good football obviously they show up for the southern heritage classic but it's like they tuning in and it seemed to even uh, getting worse. And then you put it into the fact that it's in Nissan stadium home to the Tennessee Titans. And so it exacerbates any type of small crowd. So be interesting to see where that goes. Any thoughts on you in general about what's maybe going on there? Sort of a purgatory sort of situation with Tennessee state, you know, um, like I've said uh, on quite a few occasions, uh, uh, you have, quite a few people within their fan base that wants to see more HBCU matchups, but they are, you know, playing in the OVC. They've uh, gotten used to the OVC, but they aren't um, exactly you, you know, the most excited fan base about playing uh, the, that in the OVC conference. So uh, it's sort of a, a catch 22 sort of situation. You would like to see Tennessee state uh, with the history that the program is uh, get their fan base up and going again. And I think sometimes when it takes care of those things, I think they're, they'll be able to get uh, that fan base up and going again. But it's tough. It's tough when you're playing in that NFL stadium. Uh, and, you know, right now, I guess, for lack of better words, fan base just not quite fired up about playing Tennessee Tech. <laughs> you put it quite simply <laughs> like yeah. that. Just like, oh, you you do like the fans. Oh, I'm, uh, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, when a, when a unicorn shows up at your door, you need to show up for the unicorn. So, you know, it, it is what it is. 16,000, that ain't going to get it done. And Dawson Owens, he, he, he called out his fan base, too. And, you know, uh, I need you to come from come from the tailgate. I need you to come inside the gate. So, Yeah, it doesn't help that you got that monster down there at Jackson State just showing everybody up. Um, not just for homecoming where it was ridiculous to be frankly, but even before that been having nice crowds. And for those that may be new to Jackson state as a fan, whatever that means that that's not necessarily something that Jackson state hasn't done for a number of years in terms of being one of the top teams leading intensity. It may intensify now in terms of what's going on based on them winning, based on the interests of the culture the marketing, the branding, including what you all do with the pregame. Really nice there. I did say that to say two big news items before we take this break. Um, this has obviously been talked about, so we won't go too far into it, but I think it's important to at least kind of bring it up. There's one, 
prayers to Dion in terms of him getting well and all serious, no matter how you feel about uh, what he says and talks or the program or Jackson State fans um, showing their pride uh, that may be unnerving to some people. I'll, I'll put that. Right? <laughs> Understandable. But, right, but it's credit to them. They're doing, to me, in a lot of ways, what they're supposed to do. You know, they're mm-hmm. excited about their program. You see it in attendance, as I said. You see it with the victory. You see it with the, you know, as a um, voice three really let you know. Uh, but obviously, he had surgery that we all know about. Um, and now the doctors have ordered him off um, that foot, which means that he really needs to find a way to get off the sideline more than what he's doing now because mm-hmm. he's aggregating it. So um, wish the best for him in terms of successfully getting himself healthy, um, no matter, again, what you think about it. The other one was his comments before that came out with Monday was talking about one that seeing the people gloss over and miss that he cited about. Uh, his opportunity, if his team can get there, going back home to Atlanta, as he likes to call it, uh, which was the, his ending point. But also in the mix of that, he talked about, you know, wanting more. Um, you had the interview uh, with the VP of Athletic, Courtney Gaucher, talking about wanting more. And it's interesting how some people are spinning this, if you would, or reading it their own way, I guess I shouldn't necessarily spinning it, um, that this is – part of the conference seeking to play in the playoff and to be frank, namely it's A&T folks in a lot of ways, because they have chosen to take that path. And I think they have every right to do that. They've had their success and celebration. Certainly one, arguably the best program, certainly if not one of the best programs over the last decade, you could argue easily the last five to six years in terms of what they've been able to do success, non-conference, whatever. And they decided based on the administration to move in a different direction to continue to push the program forward. Uh, But it's like now they're saying that people need to follow them and follow their lead. And it's interesting to see that they can't necessarily see it in their own right. But these two individuals have clearly stated about that they want more, whether that's multiple bowl games, which you've had Deion said multiple times, um, people laughed at it. Now you have Courtney talking about the interest and the need for multiple ga- bowl games, multiple opportunities in postseason, the playoffs. So I think it's interesting that they're talking about it. And they're very keen about making sure people understand and who they're talking to, not just the fans, but the powers to be about the need to provide opportunities and diversify, which are key buzzwords going on out there in amongst wanting more. So I thought that was uh, interesting. Let's like, take a break. We're leading over a little bit, but I wanted to get that on the table. If you come back, certainly if you have, want to have some interest, you can say something about that, or we can move on to the poll ranking. And I'm sure everybody's waiting on because there were some key matchups. With that Very being said, so. we'll be right back after this quick break. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Fish. Stick with us. Hey, PV family. How many of y'all were saddened by that disappointing news of homecoming tailgate being canceled? I know, me too. But that's okay because PVU Day 1 crew got your back once again. We will be taking over Jellystone National Park. Come out and enjoy your homecoming weekend with us while socially distancing. Friday night, we got concerts on campus, gumbo, and the fish fry. Now you know you don't want to miss that. Saturday, we have brunch and then game time versus Alabama State at 2 p.m. Saturday night, post-game celebration, chef-prepared meals, two open bars all night long, and VIP bottle service made available for your convenience. Book your cabin today at www. 
www.campspot.com slash book slash Wallace. You must have a day one crew ticket to enjoy all of our festivities. You can get your homecoming experience ticket at pvudayonecrew.simpletix.com. That's P-V-U day the number one crew dot simple t-i-x dot com go ahead and book that up right now because i know you miss homecoming just like i do sugar chateau desserts is a specialty bakery located in the charlotte north carolina metro area we will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as we have the star with us, Charles Bishop. As Mike is on assignment, as you know, we told you a little bit earlier about that. But I know you talked about that. And one of the shows I do want to get into really breaking down the playoffs and the money. We've done it before. But I might do it again in terms because the money for the celebration, you know, frankly, has increased with this new six year deal, which is funny for me because I'm like, y'all must not know much about corporation businesses. You can't just <laughs> break million dollar contracts and think you just do what you want to do, no matter what the president's uh, fans want to do. You locked in this for six years, um, no matter who says what, just because of the contract. But that's the labor point. People let people get loud up excited. Anything that you wanted to say about that? Before we uh, get into the pro rankings, no, I'm looking forward to getting into the pro rankings. I think you hit the nail on the head. But we, uh, I, I know fans have asked and, and, and are very curious about um, not just the difference between the FCS playoffs versus the Celebration Bowl. Like you said, we've talked about that, but very curious about uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference in terms of what does it mean for. Uh, is, is there actual SWAC West or SWAC East, or do all the games count? I think a lot of fans have been asking that question, so I was like, I need to be sure that I put that in front of Dr. Bill so he can explain that to uh, all of our, the fans in, in regards to moving forward. You know, the the wins and losses on the on the East, on the West. What does it mean? Does what does it mean for, um, as an aggregate? I'm glad you brought that up. Certainly can share that in terms of what that looks like. Um, the conference is set up, as you know, in two divisions. There's eight games that count. Um, all your games in your division with six teams in each division. So that's five games that you know in your division count. There was one year, maybe almost 10 years ago now, where the SWAT had the idea when there were still five and five teams that they would only take division games, four teams. The SIC does something like that currently in a lot of ways. They do that, and they've done it a couple of times. But the SWAT, much like you see with the SEC, the Big 12, these Pac-12s, whatever, ACC, they do the same thing where at the beginning of the season, uh, every two years or whatever rotation they do it, some do it six, eight years, whatever. But essentially, based on your division, is that's what counts towards you coming out of your division. So your eight games, in our case, the SWAC, is whoever has the best record 
in that division of the eight games goes to the championship game. Now, if there happens to be a tie within the division, that's when the first tiebreaker comes in, which is head-to-head. Who won the head-to-head matchup? There's a three-way tie. It gets a little complicated because you got to look at uh, the matchup between each other. And then let's say two head-to-head, there is still a tie. Then you go to the next tiebreaker, which can be looking at divisional play. How did you fare against other teams within your division? So division play comes further down the tie-breaking scenario. There's a tie-breaking scenario. If that happens, and still where they do a poll rank, where, you know, where did you fit in the national poll that they designated they look at and whoever has the highest poll ranking was to go. So there's multiple levels to this tiebreaker. I won't bore everybody into that. But the bottom line is in your division, your eight games count, and you need to finish with the best record in those eight games, not just your division, but those eight games. And then you go from there. So we'll, we'll simplify it in terms of what that looks like. Okay. With that being said, appreciate the question. Um, let's go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back and do um, the poll breakdown, and then we'll close out, let you get in here. Uh, so let's go to a quick break. Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll be right back. Hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Culture Analytic Data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is out, so we got Charles Bishop. Guess who we got in? Joe Clay, 1876 Sports and Culture podcast welcome to the show joe thank you wonderful to be here thank you for having me man right on time as we get into this mix top 10 poll rankings with the band alabama state the marching hornets two and two on the season oh and two they've had two close losses with two very big fan bases so they sneak in the poll at number nine after a lot of requests they represented in jackson state Jackson State did their thing, so they didn't get the victory, but they're in there. Some people were talking about North Carolina A&T doing really well. I think there's some other rankings out there that have them as the top this week. Shout out Are to they? them, the blue and gold marching machine. But this poll ranking matches HBCU matchups, meaning when HBCU bands come together, not the quality of the band. So I want to make that clear. And we're not saying that you're not in the ranking. doesn't mean that you have a good band. 
This is about head-to-head matches, meaning there's a win and a loss. So you don't get to just vote in the poll and talk about where you are. At number nine, yeah, Miles College, the Purple Machine, um, two and one, they uh, were move up one spot. Number 17, even though they didn't have a head-to-head matchup this week. Number eight, you have Alcorn State, the Sounds of Dynamite, three and oh. They've had some couple of matchups this week. Uh, Mississippi Valley State last weekend and before that, Grambling. So quietly, they're getting some victories uh, as they get it done. They had that early season win against North Carolina Central. Um, so they maintain that eight spot, but getting it done. And number seven, Kentucky State, my marching thoroughbreds band, small, but they impactful, had that major upset over Tennessee State, the wrist crack. Uh, a band's early, 3-0, 1-0, stay at number seven. Let's go to number six, round out the bottom five. It's Norfolk State, Spartans, Legion, marching band, 2-1, 50 points, staying at number six, getting it done, very strong band, showing it should get interesting. As they get into conference play, you're going to get a chance for a couple of more head-to-head matchups. So we're going to see what the MEAC does with their bands. Also, you have the fact that North Carolina A&T and Hampton play. Are they traveling? Is the band following the team and going up to Hampton? That'll be a head-to-head matchup. We'll look and see if we can get some updates. Some of the followers from A&T may be able to tell us whether the bands are going. So we'll check that out. Top five. Let's get into the top five to see what kind of changes there. Uh, none other than, if you would, you have Bethune Cookman Wildcats, the Marching Wildcats, 2 0, 67 points. Charles, have you heard whether Bethune Cookman is going to come to Jackson this week? I have not heard. I've not heard whether Bethune Cookman is going to see nice. what goes that'll, on. That'll there. be a heck of a matchup. I always enjoy yeah, catching Bethune Cookman. Yeah, I can see Jackson State taking their first L on the road. Oh, they've been killing it. That's they saying be, something that's, after that's the a good performance matchup. I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll let you get into uh, your homecoming trip and spoil everybody with that. Number four, Prairie a and the Marching Storm, 2-0, and one first place votes. They stay there. They have a big matchup because it's my understanding the band is supposed to go to Southern for that matchup. So you got that head-to-head. So something has to give. And Southern, the human jukebox is number three, 3-0, and 1-0. and uh, One first place vote, 80 points. They do slip a spot after being off a couple of weeks with Jackson with that head-to-head strong match against Alabama State. They move up to the second spot. Jackson State, Sonic, moving with the South, 4-1, 2-1. That lone loss was that early matchup where it flipped. The football team got the one-point win. It seems like maybe the band got the one-point. Nope, loss. Mm. But they've been strong, four straight wins after that, moving up a spot with that big win over Alabama State that has been holding their own. They have not got out of those matchups. Lost that one from FAMU, but they got a lot of house. They're getting it done. Number one, Florida AM, the Marching Man, 4 0, 2 0, four first place votes, 92 points. Interesting to see. Was disappointed. This is a team, like you said, got a little, could have got hit. I could have seen Jackson State taking over. It might get close. They had a chance to go up to Huntsville with the team and did not make the trip. I know oh, that's something that you like to talk about, Charles. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you you got, you and I'll pass it over to Joe. Go ahead. Let me know your thoughts. Yeah, I always take a look. If we talking head to head, I, I need you on the buses. I, I need you to make the trip. If, if the football team, I need you there because you become the 12th man, and it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, there are no weeks off when it's football season. It's, it's go time then. You can do everything you want, you know, in the off season. But hey, during the football team, uh, during the football season, we can't main thing the main thing. I need you 
uh, performing on the field. I need you uh, being that 12th man for your team. And, 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 and whether you know it or not, you know, the fans get the juice and the football team also gets the juice as well. With that, let me go to Joe Clay. This is the first time you get to talk about really about the Power Rangers. I know you heard about it, and you let me talk yeah. a little bit about our 1876 sports and culture. But in terms of this week, let me know your thoughts on this week and then the poll marching sport uh, rankings in general. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, Charles just made a, a great point. It is the, the band is the 12th man. I had thought about it that way before, but certainly you take your band with you on the road and they can sit up in the stands and help you you know, generate some excitement from the visitor side. So that's very important. I'm happy to know that uh, Prairie View A&M Band will make that trip down to Southern for Southern's homecoming. So that's going to be a great, great show. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to Jackson State's homecoming last weekend. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I didn't know the Sonic Boom did it like that. <laughs> but that was the, that was one of the greatest homecoming uh, halftime shows I've seen in years. I hate to say it, I gotta give it to you. I give credit where it's due. From top to bottom, you would have thought that somebody uh, choreographed that show. Did Dion? Did the Prime? Did Coach Prime have Tracy put together that show for y'all? So, man, tell us, uh, who put that hey, together? It, that show was it, awesome. Bro. It was a heck of a show. And then you are you celebrating the JSS 50th anniversary, the Booms. Uh, 50th anniversary, and it was very well put together. I've had an opportunity to go back on YouTube and and, and catch uh, some of it, uh, or, or catch the halftime show, and I was blown away. I got, I got chill bones kind of watching it on YouTube. I can imagine what it was like uh, getting to see it real time. So, yeah, it was a phenomenal show. It, it was phenomenal. Uh, so, going to the rankings, uh, Dr. Cavill, having Jay stayed at number one? Ooh-wee! No, they, Jay seen... stayed at number two. I mean, yeah, number two, yeah. Marching 100 is number one. I haven't seen a Marching 100 in person, so I cannot push back too much on that. Uh, (laughs) Until I get a chance to see them in person, I'm going to let you make it on that number one uh, ranking. But our resident... I appreciate that. uh, I appreciate that. We'll make sure we bring you back to the show. The the, uh, the 1876 resident band drum major... And band historian Shanetta Haskell has stated that the uh, Marching 100, they are the truth. So she might agree with your band ranking uh, being slightly ahead of JSU. But she was on board that 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 show by JSU last week was off the chain. So mm-hmm. one, and, one and two, I can't argue with you. Um, where, 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 did, where did you have Prairie View A&M University listed at? Four. Marching well, Number four. four. Uh, they had to, they had to win over Grambling. Remember, yeah. we look at matchups. We're not just talking about what they're doing. So yeah, some of the matchups have been able in a position where they got the win. They had the Texas Southern matchup. Yeah, they had the the Grambling matchup. So those are the things that you got to think about. Again, people get a twisted because they think about their favorite band or they think about mm-hmm. what they've seen and they want to vote in terms of popularity. This is strictly about matchups. It's similar to what we do in terms of football. You can. T- you can go on a football season, you play a tough schedule, it'll get you, you know, South Carolina State, for example. And if you start winning, things will change in terms of where people see you in the poll. But it's all about the matchups at a given time. It is a week-to-week poll ranking. You know, what are the matchups of a given week? So this week is interesting. You got a couple of key matchups where bands will actually be there to take place. And so we get a chance to really see 
what two full-fledged bands do to each other when they get that head-to-head matchup. And I think Storm and the jukebox. That's gonna be a good one. Man, that made made uh toss and turn that top five just a tad bit there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, we'll get back and uh we'll take this quick break. I know Charles gotta say. Uh, as he's on the move, so I'll give him the last parting shot for the first half of the show, and then we'll take a break, and we'll continue on with the next half of the show with Joe Clay to break down some of the matchups that are independent coming up this weekend. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, uh, looking forward to this weekend. Uh, in terms of the matchups, I think Prairie and Southern, all eyes of the slack uh, will be on that matchup, uh, uh, trying to get supremacy in the swag west. Uh, when you take a look at it, uh, Prairie View's defense, they are the number 10 ranked defense in the nation. I'm going to say it again. Prairie View's defense is the 10th ranked defense in all of FCS football. They're going up against the sixth ranked rushing offense uh, in the nation in Southern. Southern uh, has four preseason all-swag offensive linemen, a bruising uh, running back in Kobe Dillon. Uh, It should be a phenomenal matchup, so looking forward to it. And then I'm on the road. Uh, Pre-game show, we will be at Jackson State Bethune Cooper this weekend. Charles, Prairie View, Southern, put you on the spot. What you got? I'm going to go with defense travels. I'm going to go with the Prairie View Panthers. There you oh. go. <laughs> Jackson State, Bethune, Cooper, who you got? Got to go with the Jackson State Tigers in them. Jackson State, the number, Jackson State is the number two defense in the nation. Coach Prime won't be on the sideline. That's true. Fam, and who we got? We got Bam. Fam. Uh, we'll go with Florida a on that one. What other matchup do we have? Uh, A&T and Hampton. Yeah, who you got A&T and Hampton? I'm going to go with the Aggies in that one. Ah, Just a little bit, though. Uh, I'm going to go with Alcorn getting the win in Houston. Ooh, okay. Alabama State, are they – no, they're off this weekend. A&M's off this weekend. Is that everybody? I think that is everybody in the swag. I think. What about uh, Well, we got we, we got we got UAPB and uh, Arkansas, so uh, we'll go with uh, uh, Arkansas, of course, in that one. Uh, that's an out of conference matchup. All right. Well, this is Doctor Bill inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back and carry on with the show with Joe Clay, Professor Clay. You get a chance to go inside the numbers and see what you think. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. So, so. 
shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab, doing it strong, doing it big with Joe Clay, representing for Sports Culture and Podcast 1876 Sports and Culture. As, as you know, Charles Bishop, as well as Mike Washington, are on assignment now, getting it done. So we're going to bring it back. I know you break down Prairie View week to week in terms of your podcast. So I'm really fascinated to see, especially for those HBCU fans of SWAT that are looking for this top 10 matchup. It's big. According yeah. to my poll rankings, you have the number two team, the Prairie View and the Panthers, the number two in a lot of rankings for that matter going to what I see is the number 18, Southern. So you got a top 10 matchup. You got the higher seed going on to road in a tough place, especially the last couple of years have been, uh, maybe the last 10 years, decade has been tough for Prairie View. Before that, the series was actually even between five and five between Southern and Prairie View. Prairie View getting a couple, including when they won their championship there, being able to go down and get that done in Baton Rouge. All that says, now we're talking about this one matchup now. What are your thoughts in terms of Prairie View in Southern? It's going to be a defensive battle, I believe. I think we're going to see two teams that are going to be run heavy. Uh, Southern, we all know they're a run heavy team. Uh, they don't like to throw the ball unless they really have to. Uh, Prairie View's defense has been stout. Our front seven has been uh, ridiculously good most of the season. We had a little bit of a downturn last year, uh, last week in Bethune-Cookman. Uh, the weather played a part in it, but we had we had one of our uh, one of the linebackers on our show uh, Sunday, and he he spoke about it. He said hey, at halftime they were they addressed it at halftime. They were very disappointed, and they were set uh, to uh, turn that thing around and stand stand up and stop the running game. So I look for Prairie View's front seven to resist that strong running game of Southern. Uh, Southern's defense is pretty good, but Prairie View has one of the top ranked offenses in all of the FCS. Uh, we have a essentially a three to four headed monster at running back with uh Brooks, uh, Mod Antoine, and a freshman, a big back, uh, Stewart. Uh, everybody knows about our transfer from Louisville, uh, at quarterback Juwan Pass. He's got over 60 percent pass uh rating uh, percentage. He can get it done. He can throw that ball down the field. We've got a plethora of receivers from short to tall guys, uh, fast guys, possession receivers. He's got a, a ton of weapons to throw the ball to. Uh, so Southern's defense is going to be challenged. Um, Prairie View's run defense is going to be challenged. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be an exciting game. One big thing for Prairie View is getting over that mental hurdle. Um, as you mentioned, we've lost a few in a row to Southern, uh, both in Baton Rouge and on our campus at, at Pether Stadium. So uh, it's been a tough few years for Prairie View. 
against Southern on a football field. Uh, we've got some guys who have not beat Southern, and they are set uh, to go down to Baton Rouge and get this thing done. Uh, the goal is, at the end of the day, to win the, the West and get to that SWAC championship game. So it's all on the line this, this, uh, this Saturday. Appreciate you breaking that down the way you did, but I want to clear it up for all of us. You went all into the magic and, and really got into some names and numbers and framework that. For all those out there that look at the culture and teams at Southern and saying, hey, Prairie View's been in this position, been hot before, started the season and fall off. Specifically, what do you see, and you probably said some of this, but I just want to get your perspective on this. Specifically, what in your mind is different about this Prairie View team that hasn't been the case in the last couple of years, or at least what you seem to be different about this team? We haven't seen the mistakes. We have not seen the mental errors that we saw in the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons that kept us from winning the SWAC championship. We had all the talent in the world. We had some of the best talent in the SWAC uh, to get it done, to win a championship. But we saw mental mistakes on the field. Um, we have not seen that this year. We haven't seen that at all. We saw it. Uh, we saw an improvement in the, the three SWAC games that we played in the spring. Um, once they showed up here in the fall, Man, we haven't seen those mistakes. Um, a game that we, the game we played last week against Bethune Cookman, when we were not uh, all, we, we weren't playing our best. It wasn't our best effort defensively. In past years, we wouldn't have won that game. We would not have found a way, a way to win. Uh, this year, this season, this team, uh, the senior leadership that we have on this team, they find a way to win. They limit the minimal mistakes, the errors, the the uh, special teams errors that have plagued us in the last couple of seasons. We don't see that this year, man. And it, it has helped us to uh, seemingly take that next step and, and take us to another level. And if you haven't seen us play, check us out. Uh, I, I believe we'll be on, on ESPN uh, this weekend. So check us out. You will love the product. It's going to be a great game and you will see a different preview that has not, uh, we have not seen in a few years, uh, very mentally disciplined on the football field. Points well made. Thank you for going down. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go into MIAC. This is actually no classic major games this weekend. So we took a homecoming game, HBC major division homecoming game of the week features a MIAC matchup, South Carolina state two and four, one and oh, uh, got their first conference win last week. Um, they've won. Um, now two games, as I said, two and four overall. Started off with a tough schedule. Lost to Alabama A&M, FAMU, if you would. But they were picked to win the MIAC. But now they go on the road to Delaware State that has won three straight games. You may talk about a little bit of a com- uh, competition, but they had a big win over um, FCS, historically white college university, in terms of showing that they had the impetus to do it. This is also the team that beat Bowie State. Now, there was a lot of mistakes made by Bowie State, and Bowie State is number two in the mid-major and playing really good football right now. A lot of their fans wish they had their game back, but three three and three. Delaware State has not played a conference game. They were off last week. Tell me a little bit, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, homecoming involved? Can South Carolina State go in to Delaware State and get this done, or do you have Delaware State having a major upset uh, in this early MIAC conference lineup that's going on this week? 
I think South Carolina State found out that the uh, going into SWAC play was going to be a little more difficult than they may have anticipated. Uh, so they got their feelings hurt in those first two games. Um, but they, they did look good in their last showing. And now going to Delaware State, hey, you may question some of the competition, but you can only play who line up in front of you. And if you get it done or you don't, they got it done. <laughs> so now they're on an uptick. They, they got all cylinders going for their homecoming. They've laid off for a, a, a one-week layoff. Um, sometimes that does not bode well for a football team. Once you're in your, your rhythm, you're in that flow, uh, you want to just keep playing. So they got that week off, but it is homecoming. And homecoming tends to allow folks to play up to, to, to their, their greatest levels because they want to put a show on for the fans. So uh, my, my I suspect that once South Carolina State shows up for Delaware State's homecoming, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I think Delaware State will, is going to pull that one out. Um, they want to keep their winning streak alive. I know South Carolina State, uh, they're going to be hungry for a win in the MEAC. Um, it'll be a good game, great game, man. Hopefully they'll have a large attendance. Hopefully South Carolina State will travel well to that game and support their team, but I got to pick Delaware State in this one for their homecoming. Ooh, Colin, Joe Clay with the major upset, man. You talk yeah. about uh, turning the tables in the South Carolina State. I know there's no folks, State Spartan fans are hearing that, but there are some concerns with South Carolina State Bulldogs. I'm not sure I see it quite like that, but that's why we bring the experts in to break it down. With that being said, let me get some shout-outs before we go to um, – what will be a Big South Conference game featuring two HBCUs. Hampton moved into the Big South a couple of years ago. This is the inaugural season for North Carolina a and I have them ranked number six. But before we go in that matchup, let me give a shout-out to some of the folks and comments that's going on out there. North Carolina a and made their choice. Uh, G. Boom Holly, when we were talking about Dion being out this week uh, for Bethune-Cookman coming in there, also, he'll also be out next week as they hit the road to go to Mississippi Valley. The SWAC released their ESPN basketball, and they have only four games on ESPN Youth. There should be more. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that looks like. Will there be added games to that marketplace? Um, where is Money Mike Washington? Mike Washington is in Philadelphia taking care of some business uh, as we have him on assignment. Roger Holmes says, I'm late for the lecture, dog. Ate my homework, what I missed. We'll let you tune in and get on that. You back with us now. I've heard that excuse, though, with the dog eating my homework. You'd be surprised. You didn't even get that in college. Wow. Ricky Burton says, I'm still getting the commercials. Um, I think we got you back up now. Let's see if we can get in there. Allen's band of gold was great against Clark Atlanta University on 10-9. I agree with you. I saw that great matchup for Allen as they are joining the SIC probational year. G-Boom Holly says, what's up, Joe? With that, let's get back into it as we talk about that number six North Carolina and State Aggies coming off that tough first conference loss. They're three and three on the season, two and one, lost to top fifteen Kennesaw State. But do they have to bounce back? Need this victory to stay in the race at least in the Big South. But Hampton Pirates two and four, zero oh and two in the Big South. They play two games, are at home. It is a big matchup there in terms of what that looks like. Can Hampton get it done and surprise everybody, or will North Carolina fix the uh, ship, if you would, and get it done as the Aggies roll? What are your things, thoughts on this matchup? I tell you what, uh, North Carolina a and hasn't found that move 
uh, to that PWI conference uh, as easy as they may have thought it would be. Uh, I've been seeing some some conversation about whom it has been a better benef- beneficiary of that move, more of the conference and not necessarily North Carolina A&T to this point. Uh, we'll see how that flows out over the next couple of years. But I, I would say that A&T is who they are. They, they, you know, they've been good. They, they have played well perennially against other HBCUs, uh, whether it be MEAC schools or, H- or uh, SWAC schools. So I, I see them going into Hampton and uh, standing up and winning that game. Uh, they've got athletes all over the field. They play good defense. They believe in a running game. So at the end of the day, we know that they will line up and hammer Hampton with their running game. They'll sh- they'll throw the ball efficiently when they need to. Um, they'll limit their mistakes. Uh, I'm sure they've been working on those errors that they've been having uh, earlier in the season um, to to get those uh, tuned up. So I suspect they'll show up in Hampton ready to play uh, and give those pirates something that they're really not ready to handle. Big, big matchup, big matchup. I did want to get something off the field and get your thoughts on this because I know you really get into the culture and you have your personal thoughts in terms of fans traveling to games like you do. You get to see a lot of games. You'll hit the road in a minute. You yeah. just talked about uh, going over there uh, and checking out. It's Jackson State getting a little bit of their homecoming and see what that's about. But Norfolk State last week had a homecoming. They played Virginia Lynchburg. Yeah, we'll talk about the opponents. This week, just for those, I have them as number four. The Spartans travel to Howard Bison for their homecoming, four and two, two and four. But the big conversation this week about Norfolk State was Coach Odom, who challenged his fans in a lot of ways and saying, hey, man, you all were out there tailgating, whatever, but, you know, we're putting a product on the team. We have a winning record. We have a chance to really do something special. We just got here, and you all got to do better. You, you all need to be in the stand. Somebody asked him outright, you know, what was his thoughts of 12,000 fans at the game? And he was like, no, nah, that's not yeah. getting it done. He made one comment, just had me rolling Coach Odo speak, where he talked about he's been in some places. <laughs> where, some places. <laughs> yeah, some places, as he said it, where a, a mouse, rat, whatever, can't find a seat on a cracker. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you can't find a seat in Scotlandville for homecoming. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts in general in terms of coach coming out and challenging his fans to do better, do more, support the team, especially when the team is doing well? I mean, he Coach Odom tells it like it is. Let, let, let me ask you this. How do you think the Southern, the, the Southern Knights feel about uh, losing Coach Odom or Coach Odom in general right now? He, he went up there and kept winning, kept the W's coming. Well, you go, you're talking about the week after they lost that upset to Texas Southern or this week where they bounced back a little bit? It depends on which week you ask them. And we'll yeah. certainly find yeah. out sun, Saturday night. You might exactly. even have a different framework, but Opinion. great point, great point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but but I think he did what he needs to do. And he he did what all uh, SWAC and MEAC schools need to do, or all HBCU football coaches. Challenge your fan base. Everybody always wants to proclaim their love for their university, the love for their school. Well, we need your time and your money. We need your financial resources and we need your presence. Don't just come to the homecoming game or a football game and just sit outside the stadium tailgate not wanting to pay the $35 entry fee. The school needs that revenue. 
the 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 our boys on the field need your support. It's called the home field advantage. Only if the home crowd is in the stands. So yeah, whatever. I don't know what uh, Norfolk State's uh, maximum capacity uh, is in that stadium, but oh, it's like twenty. They have a nice stadium, twenty plus, almost thirty thousand. Oh, almost thirty thousand. He only had yeah, what? I, I think it was sixteen thousand in the stands. Yeah. So you you had what six thousand empty seats? That for homecoming, that's unacceptable. And and, <laughs> and if we, I guarantee you, uh, last week at the vet. Fifty three thousand plus, as you all know. Uh, when I drive down the street Saturday, Mumford Stadium, guarantee it, it won't be as Coach Odom mentioned. There will not be a seat to sit in at that homecoming celebration. Um, so yeah, we've got to we've got to do uh, all we can to support our universities with our presence and our dollars at our games. Not just and not just homecoming, all the home games. I like that. And that's also another Coach Prime. He talked about that, too, that that should not just be a homecoming thing for Jackson State. You know, let's find a way to do that this week and make it a weekly type thing. And so I, I, I see your point very well. But you're not only a person that talks about it. You know, um, as we come to a close, I did want to give you a chance to talk about the day one crew. Um, in a lot of ways, you started with the day one crew before you even uh, cranked up the sport and culture podcast 1876 to give people – more information about Prairie View, particularly athletics, even though y'all talk about the culture and some academics and things outside of that. But Prairie View's homecoming um, is one of the HBCUs where they counseled many of the events there, where you basically just have the game, cer- ceremonial things, and it's virtual in a lot of ways. But you yeah. picked up the baton with a couple of other guys, myself included, Alan, Roland. Uh, specifically uh, those extended and directly related to the day one crew. Talk about what you all are doing and why is it important. So the PBU day one crew uh, is a charitable donation. Uh, our task, our goal is to give back to uh, Preview A&M's athletic department. Uh, we started it. It was, a, it was a branch off of, you know, everybody tailgated. At some point we looked around and we saw over 200 plus RVs and who knows, thousands of cars and I don't know what, 30,000 people. And we wondered how much money are all these alumni and family and friends giving back during this homecoming weekend? Um, So we decided that we needed to start making a party with a purpose. So the day one crew uh, uh, structured itself as a 5013C organization. And we began to uh, make a next level tailgate experience um, that we sold tickets to um instead of just giving away all that food and drink for free as we traditionally did we decided hey we needed to start making sure that we filter some of these dollars uh that are generated that are spent on campus over the three days for homecoming we need to make sure those dollars circulate right back to Prairie View A&M University uh, which was the whole reason why we're there in the first place uh, so we with the COVID ep- uh, pandemic uh the infinite wisdom of our president Simmons, uh, she decided we're not going to have any uh, tailgating. Um, All the activities are going to be for undergrads only. Alumni can go to the game, but then after a certain time, you have to leave campus. Uh, So we decided the checks need to keep rolling. So our tailgate, our our homecoming celebration 
needed to happen because our sporting, our sporting programs that are winning championships from golf to soccer to tennis to basketball, they need, those underfunded sports need us, the day one crew, to step up and hand them another check again this year as we've done for the last five years. So we found an off-campus location at Jellystone Park, which is about five uh, miles or so from Preview's campus. Um, we uh, went there, rented out a big lodge, and we're going to have our, our same tailgating, ex- our, our same homecoming celebration experience, next level, but just in a different location. So um, we decided that we needed to still do what we do, just do it safely, just change the game, do it in another location, and the show keeps going. Great point. Well said, and appreciate you sharing that uh, for those out there about seeing a different way to uh, party with the purpose that we've heard before uh, with Tom Joyner and his connection with HBCU, but you're doing it. Eighty-six yep. Sports and Culture. Shout out to Roland and the rest of the folks associated uh, with the Day One crew, including uh, how we had a chance to kind of help and create that. One day we'll tell them a little bit about the history of how all those <laughs> RVs began. That's a, um, that's a show in itself. There you go. There it is. 19, dating that, back to 1996. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll close it on that teaser and, and let folks think about that a little bit. But I want to say thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to uh, Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of Sports with Mike Washington Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, as we get it done again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington. Charles Bishop and Joe Clay of 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. Join us every Tuesday and Thursday from 6 o'clock right here. On Sunday, we do our wrap-up at 9 o'clock. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Tell them before we close, how can they listen to 1876 Sports and Culture. How can they get it? So the 1876 Sports and Culture podcast, we're doing it for the culture. Uh, We're doing it to represent the HBCU of Texas. Uh, You can catch us on all podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google. Again, 1876 Sports and Culture podcast. We drop every Tuesday morning. With that, Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Joe? Sports. (laughs) We got it. Sports. (laughs) Lexi. Dismissed.